Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth for this is the day that the Lord has made and we are already rejoicing and being glad in it hallelujah 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 it is always a privilege to stand behind this sacred desk. I am grateful to the Lord and I want to thank my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, for this honor to stand here. We have already read the scriptures and we are worshiping, hallelujah. And I wanna lift up for just a few minutes from the sermonic theme, speak a word. Let us pray. Father God, we've sung the songs of Zion and we offered up our tithes and offerings unto you and now we come to hear is there a word from the Lord now hide thy servant behind the cross that the people see all of thee and none of me and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer in Jesus name amen speak a word speaking is something we do every day for most of us, it is the way we communicate, although admittedly, we also communicate in other ways through nonverbal language, through sign languages, and other ways to convey the messages and the thoughts that we are trying to get across. In this particular sermon, I am focusing on communicating, speaking a word 
to the situation or problem or issue that may be troubling you to get a solution. In the New Testament scripture we read from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has entered Capernaum and a centurion came to him and urgently, in the King James it says, and I beseeched him, but he came urgently asking for help because his servant was home sick with palsy. Now, palsy is a medical term, Reverend Paula, uh, the medical term which refers to various types of paralysis, often accompanied by weakness and the loss of feeling and uncontrolled body movements are shaking. The centurion was commander in the Roman army and had charge of more than 80 men, but he could not heal his servant. He had an unmet need the illness of his servant, and he took it to Jesus. He did not have the power to fix this situation. His servant's condition could not be fixed by ordering additional troops to come out. It could not be fixed by asking for an arsenal to fire off some shots. It could not be fixed by partnering with another army. If I were to take a survey of the people in the sanctuary, or if I had the ability to send out a survey monkey poll, how about that, Brother Brett? A survey monkey poll um, to see whether or not you've ever had a situation that you could not fix, I have no doubt I would get back 100% responses to yes. What we know is that life happens. Hmm. The economy shifts and jobs are downsized. Illnesses come. Those we love die. We, we as a world are approaching the first quarter in the first quarter of next year, two years of the pandemic of COVID-19. The pandemic that has caused many to be unexpectedly out of work. The pandemic that has caused many to be evicted from their apartments. The COVID pandemic that has called many folks to be sick in the hospital and the COVID pandemic that has caused many to die. But even outside of the pandemic, people get diagnosed with diseases, some of which doctors, even with great knowledge and experience, cannot cure. People are evicted despite there being hope funds available. Maybe the owner of the building or rental goes into foreclosure because all the renters couldn't pay or they abandoned their apartments. Folks we love leave this world. This earthly tabernacle that we live in called a body gets older and weaker. And sometimes things in our high lives happen that are beyond our control. Hmm. When we face the, but there, don't be despair. There's some good news. And it's found in the New Testament text. When we face the crises, the loss of a job, the sickness of our body, the house in foreclosure, the eviction note, we can do like the centurion and take our unmet needs to Jesus. Ah, take our unmet needs to Jesus and he will speak a word. Ah, and bring deliverance to our situation. So point one is all, 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 all have unmet needs. Bring those unmet needs to Jesus, and he is able to speak a word to your situation. In the verses before the text, the leper came to Jesus and asked if he would make him clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and spoke a word. And immediately he was clean. On the ship, the disciples got fearful because the water was tossing the boat to and fro. And Jesus, they woke Jesus up and he spoke a word. And peace 
became still. The man with an unclean spirit in the tomb of the Gadarenes, Jesus spoke, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And the spirit came out and went into the swine and went over the edge. He spoke a word and deliverance came to the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. He said, Talitha Kum, and she was awakened from the dead. Ha! Ah, to Peter and the other disciples who had fished all night long and caught nothing. He told them to launch out into the deep. He spoke a word and they came back with so many fish that their nets broke. They couldn't even bring all the fish back in. Take your unmet needs to Jesus and he will speak a word and deliverance will come. Something else I want to point out about the centurion, he was not coming with his own issue. He was not bringing his own problem to Jesus. He was coming on behalf of his paralyzed servant. The centurion came not for himself, not for his child, not for his spouse, not for his siblings, not for his boo, not for anybody, his neighbor. The centurion, not for his uncle, not for his pastor, not for his good best friend. The centurion came to Jesus on behalf of his sermon, servant. It seems the text raises the question, do we ever make a prayer request on behalf of someone else? Mm. Do we ever care what's going on with somebody else? Or is it all about God bless me and my family, us four and no more? Do you ever make a prayer request for your coworker? Do you ever make a prayer request for a stranger? Have you ever passed by an accident scene and maybe you're delayed or you maybe you're just too aggravated about being delayed and you don't want to, you're just frustrated because you can't get where you go. But have you ever whispered a prayer for those in the accident hoping that they'll be all right, hoping that they'll get home to their family? Have you ever whispered a prayer when you see something happen on the television? If you watch TV too long, you'll see some bad stuff on the television. Folks getting robbed and killed, all in, uh, all manner of things happen. Do you you ever whisper a prayer for someone else? Hmm. You have to love everybody, even your enemies. Hmm. Bell, enemies, you sure about that? You got to make some prayer requests for your enemies. I didn't make it up. It's over in Matthew 5. 40 through and 48. Let me read. I knew somebody would challenge me on this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who only love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only the people who, who, who own you, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. You have to even love those who are your enemies. Hmm. So in addition to bringing your needs to Jesus, bring the needs of others to Jesus so that their unmet needs can be met and he can intervene in their situation. Recognize that sometimes the word he speaks won't be to the situation, but might be to you. Hmm. 
might be to you. We are blessed to be a blessing. I know you don't think that you're just blessed because you're so good. But in case you do, let, let, me, let me take you away from that thought because it's wrong. We are blessed to be a blessing, to be used by God. In this season of Thanksgiving, have you bought an extra box of food for the homeless or did you just stock your pantry? Have you gone outside? Deacon Gino was talking about the angels on the tree. Did you take any home or did you get online and take any home? Are you just buying presents at the sale the day after Thanksgiving for your family for Christmas? Do you care about anybody in the abundance that we have? And don't tell me what you don't have. I know y'all going to have two or three different kinds of meats for Thanksgiving. We are too. <laughs> Ham, turkey, and brisket. Got more than enough. Going to have leftovers in a few days. Going to give out plates, have leftovers, put some in the freezer, and still have some more left. And yet we won't share with anybody. We don't care about anybody. It's all about me. The world has tricked you. God is saying that we should be concerned. And sometimes the word he's speaking is not to the situation, but it's to us to make a change, to care about somebody else. I'm reminded that for years, and I'm sorry that the pandemic stopped it the last two years, on Thanksgiving we would go to the Durham Urban Ministries and there's several in here that would go because we always went, we eat early. We eat at lunch so you have time to digest all that food. Um, and then we would go over to Durham to Urban Ministries and serve a meal to the homeless. And I'm going to tell you that was the best part of Thanksgiving. It was the best part of Thanksgiving to see the people to put the food in the plate to let them have a choice do you want cranberry sauce or do you want green beans somehow when we're doing stuff for the homeless we get the generic at Aldi's but when we buying it from us we go to the Harris Tita I'm just talking about it y'all know how you do we need to give our best. God has given us his best, and we should give our best to others. But we go over to Durham Urban Ministries and serve food and have a good time. Sometimes we'd even break out in a song. And you know Reverend Bell loves to sing, although it's not my gift. Um, but we would break out into a song because we were so glad to give to others. Sometimes God is speaking to you about what you need to do to meet the unmet needs. Amen? The second thing this text helps us to know is if we are going to take ourselves and others to Jesus and have his speak a word of deliverance, you must do so in faith. Hmm. The centurion, a commander of armies, an important man, did not come to Jesus wondering if Jesus had the ability to just do it. He didn't say to Jesus, can you? Intervene in the situation. Jesus, do you have the ability to help my servant? He was not like doubting Thomas, wondering if Jesus was who he said he was. He sought out Jesus because he had faith that Jesus could intervene in the situation. If you want Jesus to speak a word in your situation, you must not only bring your unmet need to him, you must bring it in faith. Hmm. Faith, faith, faith. Faith that the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the unquestioning belief that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who he is. 
Faith is knowing that even though you don't see it, he's working. Even if you don't feel it, he's working. Can y'all tell? Y'all know I usually throw a song in there somewhere. Oh, even if you're in there, right, Deacon Shireen? Even if you don't see it, he's working. Even if you don't feel it, he's working. You know it because of your faith. I think another example may help me make this point. From the book, A Treasury of Biblical Illustrations, comes one listed as number 346. Won't give proper credit, so I don't commit copyright violation. Entitled, A Story of Faith. It says as follows, Pete had become lost in the desert and had been chasing mirages. You know what a mirage is when you see something that's not there. Um, he thought to himself, I'll follow this last one. It was a deserted town with a well in the very center. His mouth was parched from the intense heat. He's in the desert. He ran to the well with his last ounce of energy. His vigorously pumped the handle only to find that there no water came forth. Then he looked to a note that was nailed to a post. And it had some instructions. You do know you should follow instructions, incidentally. Its readers looked behind the rock where a five-gallon container of water would be found. But it warned the people not to drink or use any of the water except to prime the pump. Every ounce of the water was needed. Not even a drop could be spared, the note emphasized. After pouring the water down the pump, he was to pump the handle vigorously and all the water he would desire would come forth. The note said one last instruction, please refill the water can and place it behind the rock for the next weary soul who might happen to come along. Now how hard is it for people to give up what they believe is a bird in the hand for a promise in the bush. The funny part is what we believe on earth is a sure thing is actually the very thing that is keeping us from getting the bird in the hand that God has for us. Many people put their trust in the stock market, but I have to tell you about the stock market. When it's good, it's good, but when it's bad, it's horrid. Some people put their trust in their job, but your job where they give you raise after raise, when their belt gets tight, they will lay you off and not so much as give you a flower or a send off. They put their trust in their boo because they have pledged eternal love to one another. And I believe in love, but I, I see them when they come to the courthouse to get divorced. So I know that sometimes that love doesn't last too long. And people want to know what's love got to do with it. The very thing that keeps us from getting the only sure thing is what we try to hold on to instead of holding on to Jesus and following the instructions that he gives. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you have enough faith 
to believe that Jesus can speak a word over your situation and it be resolved? Do you not have enough faith to be waiting on the transplant that the organ will come? Sister Monica, do you have enough faith that you will close on the house, Sister Connie and Brother Sammy, even though the mo month's money has gone up and the builder's taking his time? Do you have enough faith? To believe that even though the physicians say we don't know what to do about your cancer, that God can heal you. Do you have enough faith to know that you can pay the bills because God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider? Do you have enough faith to know that he will keep you, that even in the midnight hour, he will comfort you and stay with you and know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Do you have enough faith? Do you have enough faith that marriages can still be saved even when you're mad at your other person? Do you have enough faith that children who have been wayward will come home? Do you have enough faith that you will have enough money to pay for college? Do you have enough faith? Do you have enough faith when God gives you instructions like Pete in my illustration to take your little and share with the pump and believe? Hmm. The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings chapter 17 had enough faith to take her little bit of oil and her little bit of meal that she was planning to make a last supper for her and her son, eat that cake and die. I don't have time to read it all, but in chapter 18, we learned that she had a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil and she was going to make this cake, eat it for the last supper and die. I know y'all pretty prosperous, but maybe some of you have sometime been down to your last. I can tell you back in the day when I was in law school, I was poor. I was poor. I was supposed to stay in a house of a friend of a friend of my mama's in Durham. And I was supposed to stay in that room because it wasn't going to be too bad, but it was close to the campus and I could make it to the campus and I had a scholarship that covered my tuition and fees. And so all was going to be well until one night when I was studying my torts and a mouse ran past my foot. Now, those of you who really know Reverend Bell, who, who, who've been to the former compound or who've come to Nightdale, uh, I'm on Cedar Pond Court, who hung out with Reverend Bell know one thing. I'm not afraid of many things, but Reverend Bell does not like critters in the house. So when the mouse ran past my foot in the house, I screamed and everybody in the house came. And I got my stuff and I made them stand there while I got my stuff, picking it up like this. Look at picking up all of my stuff, and I put it in my little Dodge Omni, and I drove to Garner where Bill and Janet lived. And they locked the storm door at night, so I had to ring the bell. And my dad came to the door, and he said, oh, Julie, we didn't know you were coming home. And I said, there was a mouse. He said, you spending the night? I said, I got my stuff. And he knew that because he killed many a spider down through the years in our room. When I scream and say, come kill the bug! Rembell doesn't like critters in the house. The widow took her little bit of meal and her little bit of oil. She didn't worry about what it 
look like. And when God, in the person of his prophet, Elijah, said, take the little bit that you have and make a cake for me and then eat it and their meal and the oil will not run out. I want to know if in your checkbook, I'm going to pick on Deacon Shireen. Deacon Shireen, if the checkbook was down to $50 and someone called you up and said, Deacon Shireen, I need 100 and will you give me everything you got and I'll get it back to you as soon as I can, would you do it, Deacon Shireen? Ah, okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Deacon Shireen. You told the truth. Somebody said, yeah, 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 I'd give it to them. Mm. Dicker Shereen said, I'm in the Holy of Holies, in the sanctuary. I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, it depends on who it is. Mm. Depends on who it is. But the widow didn't say that. She took that little bit of oil and that little bit of meal, and she made that cake. And guess what? The oil kept coming. She kept coming back to get oil, and there was more oil. She kept coming back, and God kept multiplying. Has God ever multiplied your fish and your loaves? Has he ever given you more money than month? Has he ever taken your little bit and made it into much? Hallelujah! The centurion didn't just come in faith. He came in humility. Sometimes it's not what we were, are asking that causes us not to get our request answered, but the manner in which we ask it. Mm. This is not a new lesson. Uh, people used to teach children. I, I know we don't do that too much anymore. But people used to teach children that it's not always what you ask, but it's how you say it. Do you have the right spirit when you are making the request to God? The centurion came to Jesus on behalf of his servant. He was a commander of armies, an important man, and yet he humbled himself. And after making his request and hearing Jesus said he would come, the servant said, the centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just Say the word, or as I'm using it, just speak a word. Ah, and my servant will be hearing for healed, for I am a man of authority. And he knew if he was a man of authority, then Jesus was clearly a man of authority. And if he would just speak a word, he would be healed. The commander of the armies was not ashamed to humble himself in front of Jesus. Perhaps we are not humbling ourselves in front of God. Mm. Watch your tone. I remember my mama, God rest her soul. When I was young, every now and again, you know, Reverend Bell's always been lawyer Bell. It was working on that long time. Um, and now Judge Bell, praise the Lord. But when I was a child, sometimes I, I might forget who I was speaking with. And my mother would give me a reminder. She would say, watch your tone. And she said, what happened? Watch your tone. My mama was letting me know that you are not recognizing who I am in the manner you are speaking to me, and it's about to cause a problem if you don't get it right. I can think of some examples, but I won't bore you with those details, except to say that I got clear on the lesson to make a request to my mama in the right tone. Amen. 
had something to do with her reaching back and letting freedom ring on the side of my face when I was 13 going on 20 and I'm 54 and I can still tell you how those fingers felt on the side of my face. And my mama said, do you have anything else to say? And I said, no. Later in the day, they wanted to know where we want to go eat, wherever you want to go. <laughs> she said, you can have an opinion. I'm fine. <laughs> and I did not forget that lesson. I know you can't do that now or they'll have you up with DS. Anyway, I better not go there. Bring your request, the unmet needs, humbly in the right tone and in faith to God. Final point. See, y'all know Reverend Bell doesn't preach long. Final point. If you take your unmet needs to Jesus and take them in faith and humbly, deliverance will come. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. If you bring your unmet needs to Jesus in faith, diseases will be healed. If you bring your unmet needs to Jesus in faith, yokes will be broken. If you believe, bring your unmet needs to Jesus, rent will be paid. If you believe, you bring your unmet needs to Jesus and expansion will be completed. Y'all know us over there, we didn't make it up. If you believe your unmet needs to Jesus, marriages will be saved. If you believe your unmet needs to Jesus, children will graduate from high school in college if you believe your un bring your unmet needs to Jesus deliverance will come now some of you if I would let you have the mic mistake would want to argue the point and say Reverend Bell sometimes deliverance does not come Sometimes people still get evicted. Sometimes loved ones still die. Sometimes the divorce still happens. Deliverance just does not always come. I would beg the differ. Deliverance just doesn't always come the way we expect it to come. Ha! Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not delivered from the fiery furnace. They had to go into the fiery furnace. But God blessed them and protected them in the fiery furnace. And that's why when the king was looking, he said, I don't see three, I see four. And their deliverance came not, not going to the fire, but God keeping them in the fire. Sometimes God has to put you in the fire. Because if he doesn't put you in the fire, he can't work out whatever that is in you that he needs to get out. Hallelujah. Another sermon for another day. <laughs> Daniel was not delivered by being kept from the lion's den. Daniel was delivered by God sending his angels to close the mouth of the lions in the lion's den. The deliverance will come, but it might not come in the manner that you expect. Ah, this seems a good place to reference the Genesis text. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And we, Gino, Dick and Gino read, read all of that. And we went through it. At the beginning, 
was ownership. Ownership is important. It's kind of important when we get cases about property and folks are fighting about who owns what, um, who it belongs to. We like to see stuff like title because that helps us. Or we might want to look at a will and see what happened. Or we might want to look at the contract. Um, if they have a contract, incidentally, get a contract. Amen. Um, so we want to see because ownership is important. If you want to sell the house that you own, and selling right now might not be a bad time anyway. Uh, while it's the seller's market, when you go in the garage of your house and you decide you're ready to get rid of that junk, I, I mean heirlooms. Can't, I, I have never understood. People can't even get the car in the house. I know I'm in the garage. I know I'm talking to some of you. Anyway, moving on. You, when you're the owner, ownership gives power. Over in Psalm 24, it says it this way, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Deliverance will come, but the way it will come will be in the manner that the owner decides. Ah, the matter you do, you when you own at your house, you get to say what happens at your house. I remember that. My mom said, this is my house, and these are my rules. And I love telling Elizabeth, this is my house, and these are my rules. <laughs> Even though she's an adult now. Oh, that's another story. You may get deliverance from that hateful boss, not by them retiring, but by getting fired and getting a better job. Mm. You may get deliverance from the thorn in your flesh, uh, like Paul, not by God taking it out, but by God giving you grace to endure until the end. You may get deliverance from that roach-infested apartment, not by leaving, it was the mouse, not a roach, but by, not by leaving like Reverend Bell, Bell did, but later by God providing somewhere better for you to live and thrive. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Your deliverance will come. It will come as God says so. He will work it out in his time. His time is not our time. His ways are not our ways. He will work it out as he sees fit. Take your unmet knees to God and he will speak a word. can't think of a better time now for the doors of the church to be open. Please stand. Because this is a special time of the service where someone can make that decision to turn their lives over to our Lord and Savior. We take this time now that someone may decide that they want to have that faith that Julie Bell was speaking of. And the first start to that is to believe that God will save them if they decide to say, Lord, I believe that you died and rose on that third day for my sins. This is a time when someone will say, Lord, I believe that you forgave me of my sins and gave me another chance. This is a time of the service where someone will say, Lord, you are Lord of all, and you're my best friend. So we count it good that we come together right now in this moment for someone to make that decision to surrender their lives to you, Lord. 
And for those that are streaming online, you can do the same by admitting that you're a sinner, believing that the Lord did die for your sins and rose on that third day, and confess that the Lord is Lord of all. By doing those three things, you will be saved. But the doors of the church are open for those who want to come either to be baptized, to renew their commitment to our Lord and Savior. And if you're just temporarily here, you have a church home and need a church home, we welcome you here at PGC. We're a loving church and we believe in our Lord and Savior. And we believe that he will do all things and bless us as he sees fit. Amen. So for those who are streaming online, you can go ahead and say, Lord, I want to start fresh today and say this prayer with me. Jesus, I know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I now ask you, Lord, to be Lord of my life. And I promise to commit my life to you. So those in the sanctuary and those streaming online, if you had made that commitment, if you're here in the sanctuary, you come down front and our deacons will show you and put you on the path of new discipleship. And those streaming online, if you'll send an email to us, and in the subject like salvation, Someone will contact you and also put you on a path of becoming a new Christian. So come now. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open.
or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.